Oh, fuck. It sounds like shit. So we just wasted an hour of our time. Boxcat Games. You'll find a link to their free music archive page in the show notes. This is Doug Lund bringing the D to challenge, suddenly realizing that I didn't introduce my own damn self on the show this week. This is Project Challenge Episode 3. I'm here today with Eric G. Hollis and Perfect Pint Phil, who was gracious enough to host us this afternoon as we uh, demoed his PlayStation VR gear. And I think that's where we'd like to start is a Given our, our first reactions, Eric and I sitting here with the sweat on our brow as we played through a number of titles, and let's start there. Well, um, I'll have to say that my, my fears came true today. I actually got physically sick playing virtual reality, so I'm going to have to figure that part of all of this out, uh, especially if this is the direction that, that video games are going. And not sick in a, like, I need to go to the bathroom and throw up way, but just I definitely felt really disoriented playing Resident Evil. Now, I didn't have a problem with Star Wars, but I was sitting down. Star Wars was amazing, though. You were doing okay in Batman too. Batman, I was kind of standing still though. I think it's the I think it's the moving. I think it's right. the, the screen moving. From what, what I've read, it is your brain thinking I'm moving, but your body going, wait, we're not moving, and they're not agreeing with each other, and that just throws a monkey wrench in the whole situation. I was surprised it wasn't me that got ill because I I'm the guy that every time I get in the car, I have to take Dramamine, or else if I look at my phone for more than two minutes, I'm wanting to pull over and, and hurl. But you powered through it and came back hard on the the X-wing sticks. Oh, I mean, it's I mean, it's basically the the flight section of Battlefront done in virtual reality. But looking down in the cockpit of the X-wing and seeing all the things that you could touch, and you saw the front of your suit. You had the orange suit that Luke wore in Empire. Yeah, it's killer. I highly recommend you try it. And I want to see more of that. That's it, right, Phil? Absolutely. What I played through was that was the, was entire, the entire sequence, okay. right? But it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, come on, taking the jump to hyperspace in an X-wing—that's the kind of experiences I want in VR. And uh, Phil and you and I talked about this earlier, but I think the game that's really going to get me to purchase it is going to be the Star Trek Bridge, Bridge Crew game, right. but which I don't know much about. So, kind of tell me what I, do I need to know about. I have the, the a peripheral knowledge of it. It's a it's a multiplayer game. You are the night crew or the relief crew, from what I understand, of the Starship Enterprise, and you take on the role of one of the officers on the bridge. That's honestly as much as I know about it. One thing I noticed when I was playing Vive and trying out today, the games are really short. They are. There's not a lot of meat to them yet. Now, well, Resident Evil, Resident seems Evil like it is has a, a full. I, I played for over 12 hours. Now, I do look in every corner and open every drawer and take care of everything. A completionist. Yeah, exactly. I have to know there might be extra health medicine in that drawer. There might be more bullets behind that wall, you know, so I have to find them. I have to have them. They come in handy. That was what sold me. Right I there. haven't heard you scream like that in a very long time, if ever. If ever, you you screamed like you were full on scared. I jumped a little bit because I, I mean we were watching the same thing, but we were. But it was literally inches in front of my face. Is it, it literally felt like someone jumped out in front of me? That's how my body reacted. I mean, let's be honest. If that was real and not virtual reality, Doug, you would be dead. Yeah, <laughs> you got filleted, dude. You know, I like to think. And this is a spoiler alert for, I guess, the first, what, hour of the game? Yeah. That I would have taken that bitch's head off 
the first time I had my axe in her, and she would not have had an opportunity to come at me a second time. Now, can you do that? Or, I, or no? I don't know. I've only played, I'm on my second playthrough, and I just started my second playthrough, so I haven't tried that yet. I don't think that was an option. She obviously is part of what's there to drive the storyline along, and, and that's great, but no, if that was real life, things yeah. would have gone down differently. I mean, without spoiling too much, that character does come into play later in the game, so. I have every confidence. That one I, I did spend longer in. So tell, tell me this, because it felt like I was in there for like a good hour. How long was I actually playing Resident Evil? I would say 30 minutes, 30 maybe. minutes? Yeah. yeah. As someone who has a, an addictive personality, I'd say that uh, my brain is definitely hooked already. To me, it actually feels like, for once, being the actual character in the video game. It's not your avatar. You are that character. And that world with video game graphics is a real world that surrounds you. And it feels like you're there. And this is what we've been promised mm. from games uh, via every sci-fi medium for yeah. a long time. And so we're finally... Jeff Fahey was the lawnmower. Man. Right. <laughs> Which I hear they're redoing in VR. Movie or... Movie. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're going to say game. Uh, the game would be nice, and maybe it is. I just uh, something I heard the other day, so it very well could turn out to be a game. Probably. I wonder if Pierce Brosnan's wanting to revisit <laughs> that property. Probably not. It would be more interesting than Mrs. Doubtfire VR, I'm sure. I don't know. That'd be... <laughs> see, those are the kind of directions that I want to see, I see. games uh, right. games go. I like the cockpit oh, yeah. style, though. I'm looking forward to playing a, uh, a racing game. I yeah. think if I was inside of a car like a Ferrari, that would be killer. I thought I would like the survival horror more. Now that it made me sick, I'm like, ah, I'm going to go back to the sitting down cockpit games. What was the one that I played where I was shooting the guys on the motorcycles? Oh, that was uh, the London Heist. It was one of the many games on the VR World disc. Snatch VR. It did feel it, so like it sort of very much VR. is lock, stock, and two smoking barrels or snatch. Or... Now, did that one come with it, or was that the title? It, you it had comes to with the bundle. It's called uh, PlayStation VR Worlds, and it has that game. Uh, it has the Shark Encounter, which you also uh, saw. It has a VR luge where you're you're lying down on a luge going through traffic. Oh uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and it has a game called Danger Ball, which is basically like a version of Pong, where your head is your paddle, and you have to knock the balls. <laughs> It's, it's a what lot could go fun. wrong? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but there are, there are little mini games. Oh, there's another one called uh, Scavenger's Odyssey, which is another cockpit game, which you are in sort of a, a mech. You're an alien, and you have to go and basically find this artifact that means something to your species. And it's a really cool game. They're all mini games, they're all, you know, a half hour long tops. But it's a cool uh, introduction. The London studio from Sony made that, and that was one of their projects was to demonstrate what this technology can do. And I'd say, although I spent most time in Resident Evil, and obviously that's polished to be mm. a, a full AAA title, but I think I had the most fun sitting there in the, the cabin of, of that truck just right. shooting shit as it drove by. Like, your brain and all the technology, that's, it's kind of cumbersome. It gets out of the way real quick, and I just felt like... I love the fact that you can open the window or open the door and look, lean out and shoot people that are coming behind you. I mean, oh, that is the coolest thing. We might have to play that one again. <laughs> I like stuff like that. I want to be absorbed into an action movie. I want to play Snatch VR. And that was just a subsection of that game. I mean, there's a scene in the beginning of that game. You get to go into a pub, and there's all these items. You, there's, you can pick up a cigar and a lighter and light it and inhale and exhale, and you actually see as you blow, because there's a microphone in the headset, right. you see smoke exhale from your character. So there is a mic, which, yes. which will facilitate co-play. I was wondering why I could hear myself in the headphones that I was wearing that that absolutely makes sense because there's, there's a feature called side tone that you have to turn on to hear that but once you turn it on you can hear a little bit of what's going on around you in case your phone rings or whatever and you can also hear yourself in the headset which helps but it's best when you just tune the fuck absolutely. out absolutely absolutely 
How many hours do you think you got logged in, in VR now at, at this uh, point? Since October 13th when this thing came out, I I don't know, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of hours, yeah. In the, what is that, four-ish months since it's launched? Right. Let's talk a little bit about how much it costs to, to get fully set up. Because I like your rig here. Right. I think the game that I like most in, included the, uh, the Move controller, right. so I think those are almost going to be... I would say essential if you want the, the full experience going forward, depending on the game. The right, game has to right. support them. So, well, first of all, is that the only game that we played that... Oh, no, I would say roughly 60% of the game support the move controller. Some are only move controller. Some are either or. You have your choice. Just like some of the games you can choose to play standing up or sitting down. It's more immersive if you play standing up, but if you just want a comfortable game session, you can sit down and, uh, and play it that way as well. You can adjust your height on certain games... Um, especially if it's a game, there are some hollow ball games where you have paddles in each hand and you have to hit balls and it's like this giant tennis court. And you can adjust the height of the floor, get the settings just right, and it honestly feels like you're in there and you have these paddles and you can just knock the balls back and forth. You know, you will be sweating when you come out of that game. Doug was sweating when he came out of the sit in the submarine game. <laughs> I was. I'm a sweater. It felt encumbering. Like, I, I felt really limited. But I think that's probably because I was using someone right. else's gear and I, I didn't want to, like, break anything. But You also get used to it. it. It goes away. I mean, at first it feels like you're wearing this giant mask on your head, which you are. But uh, <laughs> as you play and as you get into the game, it goes away. That just evaporates. It's not there anymore. You're, you're now inside the game. You dropped, what, 400 bucks to start with? Well, like no, I, I initially started with the regular PS4, which I've had since launch day. And I bought the headset for 399 I already had the Move controllers from the PS3. I already had the PlayStation 4 camera from initially the purchase of the initial PlayStation. And I played it for a couple of months like that. Then the Pro was released, and I'm like, ah, I'm not going to get a Pro. But I tried it, and it makes such a big difference. There's a little bit more RAM, slightly faster processor, but... They basically have uh, dual video cards. It's almost, uh, you know, crossfire. Okay. I'm lucky enough that I know you, who has this gear, where I can come and try it out. Where, where did you play that? They actually allowed uh, you to demo Actually, it? into a Best Buy. They had a little demo station set up, and they had the Pro hooked up. And I'd heard it was kind of a you know, little bit of difference. Some people say it's night and day. Some people say barely noticeable. I think it's somewhere in the middle of those two. It, uh, you can, it's certainly playable on a normal PS4. Uh, there are a lot more jaggies. The draw distance is not quite the same. It's a little more blurry, things in a distance. Um, that's all cleared away with the PS4 Pro. So what does it plug into on, on the back? Like, say I just had a, a regular PS4. It, there are two connections from the breakout box that's included with the headset. They call it the processing unit. There's an HDMI that connects to the PS4 and also a USB cable where it gets its data. Those connect to the PS4, and then the headset connects to the processing box, and then from the out HDMI on the processing box, that goes to your TV or AV receiver. It's quite an investment. And if you want to be playing virtual reality games, from the few that I've played so far, which have been a, a demo on the Oculus and something on the, a Samsung phone and the VR gear is out in front of everyone else mm. from, from what I've seen. Eric, you had the opportunity to play on, on a different setup. Tell us what the differences you saw were. Actually, not too much, especially if you put affordability into it. PlayStation's where it's at. That's going to be the cheapest way to get in. Because, I mean, even if, if I went out today and bought everything, I'm looking at $1,200, right? <laughs> Roughly. Brad's computer he was running the VR on was a $4,000 rig, not including his headset, his Vive setup, and all that stuff. 
I mean, were the graphics a little bit better? Yeah, but the PlayStation graphics weren't disappointing whatsoever. I was completely immersed, especially Star Wars. I mean, just to be able to look around inside an X-Wing is, I mean, that, that sells me right there. I didn't think much difference. Uh, Phil, you talked earlier about the moving around part. Right. And uh, we were able to be pretty stationary today when we played. Uh, a lot of the games I played on the Vive, I would walk around. Like, they had a, there's a similar horror title where you're trapped in a room, but I was walking around like a six foot, you know, radius around the room. So that was a little bit different. Same functionality though. Instead of having the ice cream cones, there's Vive controllers that you reach down, you pull a trigger to pick stuff up. It's it's very similar setup. Yeah, the Vive uses a, a, what they call room scale technology. Instead of a single camera like the PlayStation, there are two sensors that you place, I believe, in opposite corners of the it's room. Opposite corners, right, right, front and then behind you. And that gives you, a, you know, basically whatever size room you're in, say ten by twelve or whatever, you can actually walk around in that area. Whereas on a PlayStation VR, you're limited to about a six foot square area. And you mentioned the Star Trek title that's upcoming. What else is on the the slate for? There's a, a game called Farpoint, which I'm really looking forward to. This is the one with the gun, It right? comes with a new peripheral, right? Uh, a, it's, it's like a rifle peripheral. It has both a move controller light built into the front of it, as well as uh, a thumbstick and a D-pad. So you hold it like a rifle, but you can also walk around with it, which is one of the you know drawbacks to the move controllers right now, other than the teleport mechanism, which I'm not a fan of because it really takes you out of the game. Um, you have to have a DualShock and a thumbstick or a D-pad to move around. What are you drinking? Uh, Brainless on Peaches, which is a great name for a beer. Who's the brewer? Epic. Yeah, this isn't too bad. How peachy is it? Not at all. Um, a little. It's subtle. And I'm on the victory at sea today, Ballast Points. Thanks to Heeb. Heeb. And of course, Perfect Pint Phil. <laughs> drinking the black stuff. <laughs> which is not actually black. It's red. It looks black from here. Yeah. Is it red? If you hold it up to the light and look through it, you can see it's got a ruby tint to it. Can you see that? I can. I never would have thought of Guinness. I always thought Guinness is black. Yeah. Like very, very dark red. It uh, It's black coming out, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. I know this is only episode three, but it should be a Project Challenge beer episode. We've never done one on BitFaced. Every Project Challenge episode is a beer episode. It's a episode. beer episode. <laughs> I guess that's true. Well, I mean, that's the goal, right? Is to drink a different beer every episode. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to rate your Guinness after... Okay. I mean, I, I have a feeling I already know what you're going to say. Yeah, five sure. out of five. I mean, he's got <laughs> fucking... <laughs> but that was my fault for not prepping you and telling you, like, we do different beers every okay. episode, and right. then, we, then we rate them afterwards. With the goal of getting through all kinds of different beers, because Eric and I both have a tendency to get stuck in a rut and just drink the, the, the same, same stuff beers. over and over. All in all, I thought the highlight of the PS4 VR experience was Resident Evil, and it is because they obviously put a lot of work into to making it feel like an immersive experience. This game has nothing to do with the Resident Evil movie that just hit the theaters. Correct. Uh, Don't tell me, but so far this game has nothing to do with the Resident Evil series that I know and love. I didn't see any connection in the first hour to any of the other games. I don't want to spoil it, but it does have a connection, but... I figured it did. I, yeah, Don't tell me yeah. about it. We'll talk about it next time, Okay. But did you see any sort of connection? I know you said it felt like the first game, but as far as character names and things? Just in the aspect of you're in a house and there's shit jumping out at you, and that part of it felt to me like Resident Evil 1, which I played on PC. Speaking of which, there's a third-party company that's licensed a candle from Capcom that you burn while you're playing this game in VR, and it smells like wood and blood. Jesus. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. That's the kind of shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, lights off. 
candle going. Right. Blood smell in the air. Yeah. <laughs> and let me clarify, old wood. You you saw how old that house looked. It did. It looked like it stank. Yeah. Now, can you play like... Resident Evil sitting down? Yes. That might be how I have yeah. to do it then. Maybe I think it was the standing up. That it doesn't give you the same made. sense of actually being there, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I think I was sitting you for were, that one, wasn't you were, I? Yeah, yeah. You, you sat, I stood. I was comfortable, and you were still able, you know, I think like Phil pointed out, with a swivel chair, you get a, a decent range of motion where you can peek around the corners, which when you hear it described, does it no it, justice, no, but when you're in the game yeah. and you're just kind of looking out from around the edge of the wall to see what the, what's around the corner, it's I love that mechanic. Yeah. Being able to look in the cockpit of the X-Wing of the TIE fighter flying yeah. in front of me. Not just having the front view, but no, I could turn like, oh, there he is. Okay, uh, I can't wait to play something like I've heard Ace Combat Seven right. is going to be VR. That's going to be mind blowingly good. I didn't think I'd be into the the flight in the cars, but now that's what I want to do on sure. VR. I want to be inside the cockpit controlling something. That was killer. There are a ton of cockpit games so far: Drive Club VR, uh, Scavengers Odyssey. There's a Call of Duty. Uh, assault game where you it's just a very short mission they released for free it's about 20 minutes long and you're flying one of the jackals the jackal okay yeah. that makes sense yeah it's pretty cool rigs which you play a mech you're in a mech suit you can play a campaign or you can play against multiplayer uh, players online it, I, I have to show you guys that game too sometime it's it's pretty amazing the only part of me that's hesitant to to jump in with my checkbook at this point because it, it is an investment yeah. um, and I think it's one that it's worth it but are we going to see, and I know it, it's hard to know for sure, but how quickly is this technology going to evolve? And am I going to regret, you know, shelling out 1200 bucks today in 18 months when there's like version 2.0 that's right. fucking 10 times as good? There will always be a version 2.0 on the horizon, whether that's in six months or 18 months, who knows? The main problem right now is supply. There just aren't enough of them. They're just finally next week starting to come back into stock. They've released a new bundle that has both the 399 headset plus the two move controllers and the camera and a game, either VR Worlds or Rush of uh, Blood, which is the Until Dawn spinoff title, uh, for 499 So that's a really good deal. Your basic PS4, I think, is 249 now, and it's 399 I think, for the Pro. Nice. So for 900 bucks total, if you could get a Pro and the bundle and be done. Ah, see, that's how I need to sell it to my wife right there is I can save money by spending money. <laughs> so we couldn't go out today and buy a system? Probably not. I didn't realize that they were all That's probably out. a good thing. That's the reason <laughs> I didn't realize that either. From what I understand, they've been uh, constrained since early November. And if you found one, it was a miracle. People are selling these things for $1,200 online. I mean, it's crazy. But And it's apparent why. Yeah. More coming out next week. The bundles are coming out. You can actually get them from GameStop now. There's no GameStops around here, but uh, I've seen some people unboxing the bundles online, so they're early, which GameStop breaks street date all the time on everything. So, But they are actually in people's hands. You guys talked about the Star Trek title earlier featuring multiplayer. Do we have any sense of what that's going to look like? I do not, no. I, I really haven't read much about it yet, although it's something I'm really looking forward to. Bridge Commander, that title doesn't sound exciting to me. It, it, it That was my initial impression when I first saw a video of a pre-release, and the graphics weren't fleshed out, and it looked like a, a crappy PS3 game. But I'm sure they're taking... It was supposed to come out in November. Now it's March, I think. April, so. I think. April, okay. Maybe March. Yeah. Oh, they pulled a fractured butthole. Yeah. 
And is, is that still undecided, or is March 31st just a placeholder date? Or I don't think it's firm. It's not firm. In fact, I don't believe anything until I see that the game right. has gone gold. When right. they say, game is gold. Okay, cool, it's launching. South Park will get delayed again. We won't be playing South Park till fall, I don't think. Really? Look how much the first one got pushed back. Stick of mm. Truth got delayed almost a year and a half from the initial date it was supposed to come out. Was it that long? Because I didn't play it until... I think you brought it up one weekend. And you played we it played launch week. It. Oh, I did? Yeah. I bought it, and then I brought it up to your place. Okay. Yeah, and I bought it on launch day because it, we talked about it earlier, Phil. One of the best games. Oh, yeah. yeah. The new one's going to be amazing. Sure. And take as much time as they want with it. I'm not bitching about that. If we get a game half as, as good as Stick of Truth, it's going to be game of the year this year. My favorite part of that game was when you went to Canada and it was top-down 8-bit graphics. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes, and the Blame Canada theme was playing yeah, chiptune yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I have a hard time picking out my favorite part of that game because there, there's so many different things I saw in a game that I'd never seen before. Oh, some of the <laughs> some of the killer moves where you could call in Mr. Slave to do a special move uh, or the City Walk guy, the Shitty Walk guy, you know. Or the achievement for using Mr. Slave while in Mr. Slave. <laughs> what was it called? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Um the only achievement I didn't get on that was, I think, getting all the armor and weapons. Everything else I got. Wow. I loved, loved that game. It's Can't great. wait to play. Yeah. I, in fact, we were talking about this last night on BitFace. This year, game release-wise, has the potential to be one of the best years gaming has ever seen. So if the country makes it through 2017, we should have a lot of good shit to play. <laughs> the odds of that are 50-50 right now. I think that's maybe not. Maybe 30-70. I don't know. Phil, do you mind talking politics? Because that feels like I have, exactly I have, what we should talk about sure, right now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we can keep this as, as brief as you guys want to keep it. It's just it's funny because Eric and I, on episode two, our last episode, we were 24 hours into the Trump presidency mm. at that point. Let's just take a moment to reflect on what you just said, you know, the Trump presidency. It doesn't sound weird to me anymore. I think because I've come to terms. Oh my God. Well, it's everything, everywhere you look, this is what people are talking about because of the sheer volume of uh, activity that he's initiated. Yeah. I think I had to quickly come to grips with the fact that this was reality. So the Trump presidency doesn't seem so crazy anymore because it doesn't feel like we're now just two weeks in. This feels more like we've been at it for a couple of months with mm -hmm. everything that's been happening. I feel beat up. That's for sure. I really do. I that's mean, a good way to put it. Yeah. It, it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. I've had to disengage. Like, it's, I avoid it. It's hard to do. It is, especially on social media. Mm. But I've had to disengage from it. In fact, I find myself scrolling past it. I mean, does it affect me? Yeah, it does a little bit. But not to not the level of worry and how mad I get every time I read some new thing that, like, you know, how are we throwing away science? If there's one fucking <laughs> right. thing yeah. that we have... That we can prove. It's not Jesus. It's science. And that's that's what shocks me the most. When it's okay to coin a phrase called alternative facts and people <laughs> go along with that, half of the people go along with that, we're not living in reality anymore. We, I, I need to put the headset on to go do something you know that, that takes me away from this. I really do. I like how you brought it back full circle there. That's another selling point, in my opinion, is just being able to check the fuck out because I have a feeling we're going to need to be doing it more often going forward. Being chased around a house by a crazy person with a chainsaw is nothing compared to what's really going on. <laughs> I definitely would, uh, would agree with that. I guess it's almost comical to see how far is it really going to go. Mm. It's gone a lot farther than I thought it would. And in two weeks. In two weeks. 
The one thing that I guess some solace that, that I can take in all of this is that our enemies now know that he does not fuck around. In the first couple days, I think we thought, oh, well, he's decided not to prosecute Clinton. Maybe he does have some sense of uh, justice or um, just the ability to, to fucking be reasonable to some degree. And then the flurry of shit started. I mean, and, and some of it we were totally expecting. Actually, we should have been expecting all of it. Obamacare got repealed, mm. like day one, right? right. Close to it, yeah. And then the order for the wall and the increased uh, deportation orders. And that was just the start. It was everything that was part of his platform, the uh, banning of the Muslims. And I think the one that I didn't really see coming, but just the flat like, all right, we're taking all the regulations that were put into effect after the banking collapse and, and getting rid of that. Because I have some friends who had some really nice businesses who can't make as much money as they used to anymore. Right. That's, he said that. I mean, those words came out of his mouth. That should be frightening to everyone. It really should. Well, if we learned anything from the big short, I've been looking into betting against the housing market mm -hmm. again. Because we've seen it happen once. Yeah. And we're putting everything in place to let it happen again, so... But doesn't shorting only work if not everyone is doing it? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought this completely through, Doug. It was just an idea I had. It's embryonic at this stage. So I made this point in the last episode, though, that America's enemies might be hesitant to, to fuck with Trump. I think, again, if there's one silver lining, is that anyone who would consider going toe-to-toe -to -toe with him at this point has to be thinking twice about... Well, if this guy says he's going to do something, because he has, like, it was one of his you, orders was that he's setting his sights on the Islamic State. And I actually think of all of the shit that's going on right now, that does need to happen. But you have to think, on the previous administration, they got rid of over 10,000 terrorists. Trump is trying to make it uh, believe that none of that ever happened, that the previous administration was soft on terrorism, was soft on uh, radical Muslims, and that's just not the case at all. I don't think it is the case. I do still think it's a, a threat, though. And it I, is. And oh, I absolutely. Think, I think banning Muslims from coming into our country is a half-assed measure. I think that's what a someone in a reactionary or, or coward position does. But I do also think that that ideology specifically is still aimed towards us and is going to continue to be. What I don't know is how do we get to the point where we fucked you up enough and you fucked us up enough? Are we done yet? Or we'll does one be, have to wipe out the other? We'll never be done with it until we all realize this religion, that religion, these religions are all bullshit and we're just fighting over this for no reason. My God can beat up your God. That's what this all really boils down to. I don't remember who to attribute the quote to, but someone was saying, I have no problem with fundamentalists, as long as the fundamentals of that religion aren't kill people, maim people, uh, restrict people's rights. And that's pretty much every Western religion. But they're all Abrahamic, really. They all stem from the same, you know, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all branch out from the same root. Just different ways of uh, topping our ice cream sundae. <laughs> I like that analogy. And let's talk about this wall for a second. I'm pretty sure, and again, don't quote me here, 40% of illegal immigrants from Mexico come on a fucking plane. So what good is a wall going to do? <laughs> I don't get that at all. Honestly, expected that to be largely symbolic. I now know that it's... everything he campaigned on, like his entire platform, is exactly what he's done. And I don't know why I, I expected, I guess, again, some measure of a little restraint here, a little thought here. Uh, let's actually do this so we can make it work. Because... If, if you have an idea, even if it's a shitty idea, 
you should have a realistic way of implementing it. And I think that's one thing that's been pretty obvious from all of the, the executive actions so far is like, let's just fucking make this a law or make this an edict that, uh, you know, executive order that these agencies have to follow. Like with the, the travel ban, the federal court, judge, yeah. federal judge steps up and, and does something about it. But and, and Trump's response to it is to tweet this, quote, so-called, unquote, judge. He is a judge. I don't understand why he thinks it's okay to circumvent the entire three branches of government. Why he thinks it should be uh, my way or the highway. I don't, I don't understand that at all. It's another thing I was wrong about a couple of weeks ago is maybe actually being the president will have an impact on the president. It, it's not. It, it's, <laughs> it's had no effect. If anything, his head got bigger because he can start actually making things happen now. And on the one hand, I can, I can see how that might be really fucking fun. Like, I signed a piece of paper and everyone has to do what I want. Mm. And also, dude, you're the fucking president. Like, if you're if you're going to make people do shit, it better be for everybody's common good and not just an idea that can't be executed in reality without months or years of planning. Well, the whole campaign uh, slogan, drain the swamp, what has he done since he got in there? These are the worst of the worst bottom feeders. Absolutely. You're talking about his cabinet and his, his appointments? Absolutely. I did name one good one. Even this new semi-moderate Supreme Court judge nominee is a little wacky. I, I can't name one. I, I was disappointed at every turn, probably most of all with uh, the EPA. Mm. Uh, because again, that, that one doesn't make sense to me. Even if you flat out do not believe in climate change, which isn't it, we could do a whole episode on climate change deniers. You have to figure Trump gets business. The economics suggest that with solar panels being so cheap and uh, batteries on the rise that, that will power our vehicles and just wind energy, everything that, that are options that are now even more economically feasible to implement and will put people to work in new industries. Why aren't we focusing our, our efforts there instead of revitalizing interest or the whole projects with the Dakota and the Keystone XL pipelines? From their point of view, this is all a Chinese plot to get Americans to become lazy so that the Chinese can take over. I mean, this, this is a theory I've heard bandied about, that global warming is just, a, it's just made up by the Chinese to convince the Americans to stop uh, being industrious and to send more labor overseas, more jobs overseas, more manufacturing overseas. And they can pretty much uh, corner the market on everything. Oh, well, I hadn't thought about it like that. <laughs> I don't believe, I don't subscribe to that theory at no. all. <laughs> Me neither, for the record. <laughs> but uh, that is some of the, the wackanut theories that are being uh, put out there. Eric, before we switch it to a slightly less depressing topic, do you have any final thoughts on President Trump? No, not really. I'm checking out. I'm going to less and less politics on my Facebook, more and more video games mm. and good movies. And I'm just going to stay in my, my pop culture rabbit hole, if you will. And that's where I'll be until they get all their shit figured out. Soon as I found out they were going to repeal uh, Dodd Frank, mm. I think is the bill. Yeah, Jesus Christ! I mean, there's a, there's a fucking reason that that's that that's in place. 2008 is the reason that's in place. And I went through 2008, and I had a lot of money invested in 2008, and I lost a lot of mm. money in 2008. Um, I've taken steps to make sure that's not going to happen. I mean, basically because I'm broke, but um, I I don't like seeing regulations like that being repealed at the drop of a hat and i think they backtracked on obamacare and i don't i'm not going to get into all that and i don't think that's the best thing in the world but can't take something like that away without any sort of solution right 
without even any replacement, right? Have they said no. anything? Well, during the campaign, they kept asking him, what's he going to replace it with? And he just said something tremendous, something better. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to yeah. be great. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be great. Right. I mean, how many fucking times has he said that? Yeah, it's going to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm getting pissed off, so we should probably <laughs> switch topics. I'll tell you what, though. Before we get on to some more lighthearted topics, I'm, I am going to stay in the depressing zone just a little while longer. Uh, this last week, we lost Messiah Nakamura, which was uh, not only the inventor of Pac-Man. Mm. Not the inventor. Well, the father. The father of, of Pac-Man. He didn't invent the game, but he, there would be no... He, he was in charge of the distribution. I mean, president of Namco. Namco, right. You don't get the nickname the father of Pac-Man if, you know... He, did, he didn't invent the game, though. But no, he... That's a good clarification. He was instrumental in that character. I mean, and I, I put this on Facebook and I'll say it now. Do you want to imagine a world of video games without Pac-Man? I fucking don't. Absolutely not. I don't. Uh, I mean, it all goes back to Pac-Man, right? It all goes back to Pac-Man. That was the point that I was going to make today is that I played on Atari 2600, the first console that I played on. We had Combat and Space Invaders at launch, yeah. and then Missile Command and Asteroids mm -hmm. came shortly after that. And Pac-Man was the one that really changed everything because... Suddenly, not just people who could afford or were interested in that technology or, or the gaming scene that was budding at the time were playing this game. Everyone was playing Pac-Man. Oh, absolutely. I still play. I can't name a game that I've been playing since I was a kid until now, except for Pac-Man, I don't think. That's true, and it's, it's neat because the 256 variation, which is probably the one you're talking about still playing, uh, is and so... Championship Edition 2? That came out on my birthday last year. Yeah. Um, I play both of those. Uh, I go back and play. Miss um, Pac-Man is my most revisited title. Yeah, I don't want to think about games if, if Pac-Man didn't exist. Can, I mean, can you even imagine it? Look how many games in the 8-bit era just took Pac-Man and reskinned it. Mm. And did something different with it. Right? Oh, yeah. It was iconic 30 years ago already. So it's been influencing pretty much everything since then. Yeah, I just uh, downloaded uh, Pac-Man 256 on the Apple TV the other day and played it for a little bit. Oh, it's bit. on the TV yeah, also? Yeah, it's kind of cool. I only recently became aware that it was on the phone. Yeah? And I can't, I cannot play it on my phone. Really? What, 256? I've got a, one of those little MiFi controllers for the Apple of TV. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's a swipe mechanism. Oh, that's, a, that's difficult. Yeah. yeah, you can't make hairpin turns no. on a swipe. It's predictive, so if you see, if there's a corner, you know, that's still a few seconds out and you swipe right, it knows to go right at that corner. It's still tough to keep straight in your brain, especially for people like us that have been playing Pac-Man on sticks for 35-ish years now. One of my least favorite things about mobile games is the swiping and the swishing for sword play or gun play. Or it's just so foreign to me. It doesn't seem right. Yeah, and there there are titles that, that benefit well from that interface and... And so many that, that, that are do not. not, yes. And the lesson is, you know, don't try and fucking shoehorn a great title like right. 256, which is really fun on my Xbox and fucking terrible on my phone. And you know what I don't know is he was involved with Namco, headed Namco at one point, which eventually got merged in with Bandai. Bandai. What has happened with that organization since? Where are they at these days? Dark Souls 3. Ah. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that what they're up to? Uh. <laughs> Just producing. They make a lot of Naruto stuff. Um, made Nino Kuni. Uh, they do a lot more of uh, 
they're like the, the first name you get, but they're not the studio that makes the game. They do a lot of production, uh, but they're definitely still in full force. They, their name's still on every Pac-Man title too. Uh, but if you look at their uh, their Wikipedia, ninety, a hundred games maybe. But they're still involved to a larger extent than distribution, right? They're actually involved in the design and development. They do design, uh, but I mean, they didn't design Dark Souls, but obviously their name is in front of it. So they're, I mean, they're producing the game, is what I. Uh, what I assume in briefly looking at that. What does that mean to, to produce a game, though? If your developers and your designers aren't putting the actual pieces together... I mean, From Software has to get their money from somewhere, right? So they're, they're bankrolling it. Yeah, I, I assume that's what they what they do with it. And then take a, a share of the I will do more research for uh, episode four, and we'll talk about... <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Bandai Namco. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up, that uh, I forgot that happened this week. I was pretty sad. Yeah, and I just wanted to make sure that we gave a shout-out to him. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we won't pour beer on the floor, but... Um, actually, we, we are. We're pouring beer on the floor right now. I'll pay for the, <laughs> the carpet-cleaning bill, because it was worth it. I'm going to circle back a little bit here and not fuck this up this time. The reboot that I meant to talk about earlier was the Tomb Raider movies. Ah, have they cast Lara Croft? Alicia Vikander? From, uh, oh, yeah, from uh, yeah. Ex Machina, yeah. Right. Oscar winner. Did she win an Oscar for that? Not for that movie, but for... The Danish Girl? Yes, thank you. Very good. I have not seen that I actually saw that movie. I haven't either. Was it good? uh, That's Eddie Redmayne, right? Yes. Yeah. If you like period pieces about transgenders, this was a pioneer in the transgender space. Period um, pieces about trans. I'm trying to think. I've, I've seen so many of those. It's uh, I'm trying God, to... man. The market <laughs> recently has just been full of them. Eddie Redmayne, after we saw the Stephen Hawking movie, what was that one called? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Theory of Everything. Felicity Jones was in it. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Theory of Everything. I came to realize he, this dude's actually got some, some chops. It's not for every man. This is a guy who leaned towards the more feminine side of acting, and uh, he, he's really fucking good at it. If that's the, the movie that she won an Oscar for, I honestly did not pay attention, then she probably deserved it because she was fucking great in that. And I saw that after I saw Ex Machina. I think that was probably the first movie that I saw her in. But that is your new Laura Croft. Hmm. And this has now the potential to be a video game movie that does not suck. So that's a hard thing to name. Yeah. I didn't particularly hate the first two Tomb Raider movies. I think I really liked the first one a lot more than I did Cradle of something, whatever it was called. Filth. <laughs> <laughs> but it had James Bond, and it had... Uh, if you go back and watch it now, I mean, there, there's actually several actors in that movie that I didn't realize who they were at the time. John Voight is in the first one. R- really just like in, in flashbacks, but that movie really felt like a, a good they flashbacks to Anaconda? They were flashbacks to her making out with her brother or something. <laughs> At the uh, Golden Globes or whatever it was. That, yeah. Oscars. Phil, Phil knows what I'm saying. Uh, I know what you're talking about, too. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the eye rolling wasn't, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. It was, why the fuck would you bring that up? And I'm like, yeah, you're going to start telling Menendez <laughs> Brothers jokes right. next? Yeah. I can. It, you're going to have to give me a minute to come up with some, <laughs> some good Menendez Brothers jokes, but I know there's some good material there. That's oh, there for sure. There definitely is. Nintendo should have really looked into that for a crossover. And this movie's about a year out at this point, March 2018. I think video game movies are hard to do because you can play it. Why would you want to sit yeah. there and passively watch it? And again, I'm, I'm racking my brain right now. I can't name one good video game movie. Not even a passable one, hardly, I don't think. I liked the Warcraft movie, too. 
I didn't see that. I haven't seen that either, yeah. And I played WoW for years, but kind of out-wowed. I'm over-wowed or under-wowed or whatever it is. Doug still plays, don't you? On occasion. Yeah. Usually around the time they release an expansion, which they're still doing regularly, I I will jump back on and play for a few months. The last time I jumped back on after being out for a while was that uh, Panda expansion. Miss the Pandaria. Yeah. And I I tried it for a while, and it just seemed kind of silly to me. Mist, being a panda. Um, Mists was the, the best expansion to date at that point. I do think that Legion, that is supposed to bring you back full circle to Burning Crusade, which was the, the very first World of Warcraft expansion that we got. And it's, it's pretty good. It's a different game than it used to. I remember it was, what, level 40 before you could get a mount, you know? And do you remember how long it took you oh, to get to oh, level forever, 40? Forever. <laughs> yeah, we're talking like You had to a grind a lot months. of wolves. I mean, you know, and I don't... It, I heard it's really dumbed down now. Yeah. Compared to when we played it. You know, I... Which I assume is the same time it, Phil probably played it. That is true. As you remember, there used to be... Trees. Yeah. And 80 different things that you could opt to put in your action bar. And you had to go download a mod so that you could mm. see all this shit at, at one time because the native UI wouldn't show it to you. I would say they cut that down by a third and reduced the different options that you could use to, to build your character. But there are still trees. They just don't appear as trees anymore. It's implemented differently. And it does feel a little less cumbersome. Like You spend less time worrying about how to play the game and more time playing the game because it, it was a chore to, to keep up mm. with. I mean, what does it cost to play Warcraft now? It's still 15 bucks a month. Or you spend enough time racking up enough gold, and you can buy in-game credits for your World of Warcraft time. Yeah, that was something they introduced with uh, Draenor, or around the time that Draenor Do you still have to buy the game, though, too? Yeah, you still have to buy the expansions, but you don't have to pay for... The main game is free now, because you get up to... But the first 10 levels is free, or something like that? I think you can play up to level 20 with a a trial account before you have to convert it, but they do still hit you for 60 bucks every time an expansion comes out. Phil, I did not know that you played World of Warcraft. A million years ago. Horde or Alliance? Uh, Alliance. I, I just don't like being the bad guy. I know a lot of people do, and, and some people may argue that the Horde are not the bad guys, and as there's a valid argument there, but to me, Alliance just seemed the way to go. Eric and I played our first tunes up to 60 on Alliance. Yeah. What class did you play? Uh, I was a night elf. I've tried many different things. I was a priest. I he was a hunter. So let me ask you this. If they were to bring back World of Warcraft in a VR experience, I'd would be you play? A, I'd, I'd download it right now. I'd go over there and just hit the download button and play that. I, that would be amazing. That's what I want. An MMO that hit me as hard as World of Warcraft did. Because I still cannot think of a game that had as large an impact on how much time I spent in gaming, how much I enjoyed it, and how awestruck I was at the leap forward that gaming had taken. I can't remember which expansion came out with Flying Mounts, but when that first came out, you could actually fly over all of the play areas that you've been playing for years. Uh, just the amount of work that had to go in to get that implemented, I think they did a perfect implementation of that. That, to me, was night and day, so I can't imagine what that would be in VR. It would be a, a, a quantum leap. Blizzard, if you're listening to this... And you're not, because I'm honest with myself. Please give me World of Warcraft in my lifetime, because I think at that point I, I might just check the fuck out and spend the rest of my years there. <laughs> and as long as what, 2K can give us Bioshock and VR, too. That's the thing, is that playing Resident Evil 7 uh, gave me just a dose of it, but my heart can only take so much of that. I need more action and role-playing and less being terrified. One of the reasons I had put Bioshock aside at one point is because that game scared the fuck out of me. Oh, in such a good way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I didn't even think about it before Phil brought it up today, but that or Fallout is what I want to see. Bethesda is working on uh, a version of Fallout 4 for VR, but you'd need a tremendously powerful PC and graphics card. I think the 1080 might be the minimum for it. Okay. Uh, I mean, just look at how, I mean, regular Fallout on a flat screen, it can't keep a consistent frame rate going. I mean, that engine is so old, it needs to be thrown away and they need to start over again. And uh, Capcom mentioned, by the way, the engine, the Resident Evil engine, RE engine, they're uh, going to license out, I think. Which would be good. But yeah, Bioshock in VR. Oh my God, I want to see Rapture. Oh, yeah. I, I want to hear the walls. That was one of my freaking favorite like, parts uh, about Infinite was going back to Rapture in those uh, those DLCs. That was so cool. I loved Infinite. Yeah, I know. I don't think Infinite is as good as the first game, but Infinite was phenomenal. The, just a mind trip. I mean, just you know, especially the ending and the way they sort of tied everything. Another good game with an amazing yeah. ending. So, are we any closer to getting cross-platform gaming? as a reality versus just uh, some agreements that we've heard of in, From in dark rooms. what I've heard, Xbox wants to do it, PlayStation does not. Because hmm. that's another one of my hesitancies in, in diving in and spending a lot of money to, to buy some gears. I want to play this shit, but I also want to be able to play with my friends who spend a lot of money on another platform. Right. And I've I mean, heard that they're gonna that Sony agreed to do Rocket League will be PC one, PS4 everyone will be able to play together. I mean, I think there's a lot of problems that come into having it come out for both consoles. I'm not smart enough to explain them, but there's got to be money aside. I don't think you can have every game cross-platform. They even tried it back on the 360 to the PC with Shadowrun, and it failed miserably because the PC players were so much better because obviously it's way easier to play a shooter with a mouse and keyboard than it is with a control pad. Yeah, well, and you're getting much better frame rates and responsiveness on a PC than, than you are on a, on a console. Mm. I think that's part of the problem. Now, I think it'd probably be pretty even PS4 to Xbox One as far as playing a shooter. I want to see it. Do I think we're closer? No. I'd love to be able to play cross-platform. Mm. I'd love to be able to have one gamer tag. For yeah. Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox. Right. That would require a level of cooperation that... It's never going to happen. Well, We've probably yet to not. see There's... Nintendo's online system, and their launch date is a month away. Nintendo's online system is not done, and that's why they're not going to charge you for it out of the gate. I think you're correct, and I've also heard that it's half of what PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold cost. I heard they're going for a $30 a year hmm. model. $30 a year? Okay. Rumor. We're going to have to wait to see it before we can really make it. I'm holding off on the Switch now. I have decided instead of dropping money on the Switch, I'm going to buy Zelda for the Wii U on launch day digitally and play it that way. Because on the Switch, it's uh, 900 FPS or whatever, and it's only 720 on the Wii U. So it's really not that much the of resolution. a... resolution. Not, it's not FPS, but no. what am I thinking of? You know what I'm saying. I, I do. Um, it's only 720. You're going to get a lot of shit from any gamer that's listening, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have the numbers right. Uh, 720 FPS. It's not FPS. It's whatever it is. But it's only it's only 900. So the Switch isn't a full 1080. Already that worries me. Why doesn't Nintendo ever? Yeah. They're always behind yeah. when it comes to that shit. The online, the tech... They've got Mario, they've got Zelda, but good God, I know they I, they used to have pretty technologically advanced. The N64 blew everybody out of the out water. Out of the water. Yeah. So did the Super Nintendo. I mean, at the time, the I think they said 183,000 colors or whatever it could produce, which I don't even think the eye can see that many colors, but Nintendo used to be at the forefront mm. 
of the tack, and it seems like they've fallen behind for gimmicks, and that's all they do anymore. And I hate to say it, it's cool, but the Switch is a fucking gimmick. It's a portable Wii. And there's nothing else that's compelling at launch besides Zelda, which you can get on the, the U. So if you couldn't get Zelda on the Wii U, you'd buy a Switch. Well, you'd want to buy a Switch because it's not even possible at this point anymore, is it? You weren't with me that Saturday that I went shopping, and I went online to seven or eight different stores, and I could not pre-order one. Nils did pre-order one, and he told me the only way you can do it is to physically walk into a Walmart. And it's the black console, which is the one I want, but there's no getting the color one. And there's another problem with Nintendo. Same thing with their NES Classic. Everyone in America would have bought one of those had they been available. Mm-hmm. And I don't like this whole... I hated what they did it with the Wii. They did it with the Mario game that came out on the Wii. They short ship everything on purpose. Intentionally. Intentionally. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Because then I'm not going to get it. Then I am. You know what? Instead of you getting my $350 Nintendo, you're only getting $60. Because I will play Zelda on launch. Now, Mario, that will make me buy the console. But I imagine around Christmas time, the Switch is probably going to be a little bit more readily available. Oh, it absolutely will. By the the holidays. They are good about that, about having it ready for the the Christmas that that follows the, the launch. Well, with the exception of the Wii. But that one was... No one expected the Wii to do what it did. No. My parents bought a Wii. My parents have no a Wii. No one could have predicted that. <laughs> My parents have a Wii in their living room to this day. Right. Like, that is the console that, that you know, kind of skipped the, the generational lines. I mean, are you going to buy a Switch on launch day? No, I know what you're buying. VR. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm going to have to direct my dollars. I'll get a lot more use out of VR than I will out of a Switch. I do want one. I skipped the Wii U. I don't have any problems paying $300 for a Nintendo 60, console. Which and, is standard. Mm-hmm. And the portability of this one's pretty cool, which I can see being fun for a lot of reasons. I don't think the novelty on that really wears off because I probably spend a lot more time on mobile games than than you do, and I see that as a way to do mobile gaming in an even better experience than on my phone. They haven't announced Solitaire for the Switch yet, though. Well, they will, and I promise you I will unlock every fucking achievement. Or wait, what do they call them on the Nintendo platform? They don't have them yet. Oh, shit! What's the fucking point? (laughs) No one's ever going to (laughs) know. They don't don't have them. And I'm wondering if that system is going to be integrated into Wii Online. That's one of my biggest complaints about Nintendo. You have so many good games that are so hard. Why don't you have some sort of ranking system? Now, Mario Kart did. And Mario Run has achievement type things that that you can lock i can't remember what they're called so why doesn't nintendo go the steam route go the i mean microsoft fucking started it let's be fair oh and everyone has copied it uh because it was a good idea it was a great idea even blizzard copied it and that's how you know steam right aren't there steam achievements there are and the trophy system on playstation this Mm -hmm. all started and you know kind of to swing back to warcraft Soon as I saw a little thing pop up on my screen, Phil, that said ten points for doing this, I was like, "Buy Warcraft!" Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll be on the I'll be on the Xbox 360 yeah. if you guys need me. Yeah. Be- really? Oh my god! As soon as as soon as it became like, okay, I'm friends with all my friends, and I can see what you beat and what you beat, and I can see your score, and I can see my score, and I can see this. I checked out at MMOs at that point. I was like, "No, I'm I'm going for the big picture. I'm not going to play one game. I'm going to play a thousand games." Mm. Yeah, that's where that's where Warcraft completely lost me. I think I played after. What's with I, achievements? I think. I played Warcraft six months 
off and on with you guys after the 360 launched. After that, I was done. Oh, because that's when the 360 was launched. And uh, Reap and I actually uh, used to compare scores oh, and shit. Okay, so you're saying the first time that you saw an achievement on the 360, that's when you were done with Warcraft. That's kind of where it started. That's kind of where it went downhill where I was like, you know what, I'm going to play console. I misunderstood. I thought you meant when they implemented achievements in Warcraft, that's when you were done with Oh, them. no, 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 no. That's when I quit Warcraft. It was when I saw the ba-bing, and I was like, wait, what the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, that's an achievement, dude. You get those in games now, and you can compare with your friends. I was like, oh, really? That was it for me. And now it's part of everything. I mean, I think so. I mean, it's even on mobile phones, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't Game Center on the yeah. iPhone exactly. does something exactly I, the same yeah, thing? Absolutely. Sure, since Game Center's launch. It's, not that you would know. <laughs> I have Game Center. I don't like. Do you get into the mobile at all? I, I don't. I try, and I'll, I'll if I've got you know five minutes to kill, I'll do something. But yeah, I have I'm at like the doctor's office yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, I can't get into it. I I want a full immersive experience. Playing a console game on a giant screen or in a VR headset is is the way to go. Giant screen or VR? Yeah. yeah either way, I've never been into the portable. I was hoping one of us would have a switch for the flight to New Orleans only so we could look cooler than everybody else on the plane. That was it. We actually talked about that too. Yeah. Well, shit, I might have to get one. They're not going to be immediately available right after launch, are they? I'm not going to be able to walk into a store and buy one. If you put your mind guys. to it now, you could get one. You could do what Nils did. You could walk into Walmart and you could put 100 bucks down on it and you could have one. Are you familiar with nowinstock.net? I'm not. There's a website, uh, nowinstock.net. You can plug it in and tell it what you're looking for, and it will alert you when stock comes in at a certain retailer. Amazon's got these in stock, and you'll pop up an alert, and you can go and order it. Nowinstock.net? I believe that's it, yeah. I'm going to write that down so I do not forget. But yeah, that would be the only reason I want to switch at launch, so we can play one on, on the plane, traveling. I will be playing Zelda on launch day. Mm. Did you watch the trailer for that, no, I assume? No, no. Oh, dude. Yeah? took me back to fifth grade like back to when i fell in love with video games and i haven't played a zelda title in a long time based on that trailer i'm gonna i'm gonna really like this there's a lot of games coming out in march too oh yeah yeah. not only um you know star trek which we talked about but everyone's waiting for persona 5 Mm -hmm. i can care less about it but that launches in march there's a ton of good shit coming out but zelda's getting played i might i might have to take a day off of work and, and play Zelda on launch day because, God, it looks good. And remind us again, what day is that? March the 3rd. The 3rd. Phil, if you want a good chuckle, uh, dial up the Nintendo Media event from last month and, okay. and watch it the whole way through. All right. it, it's worth it for a thousand different reasons. Okay. Zelda's only one of them. <laughs> it's worth it to uh, to watch the translator. Because <laughs> at one point, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Suda51, but he's a big Japanese game developer. And he's pretty eccentric dude. And yeah, you could tell that the translator at one point is just like, I'm just going to make some shit up because I have no fucking idea what he's saying right now. Definitely watch the Zelda trailer. If you're okay. going to watch three minutes of that presentation, watch the Zelda trailer. Is, uh, is Death Stranding this year or is that next year? I think that's this year. I think so too. Did you play PT at all? No. Before I saw VR, that was one of the most immersive horror experiences I've ever seen uh, on a computer game or a console game. I was distracted. What's the title? PT. It came out a couple of years ago, and they didn't tell you this initially, but it almost started out like a Resident Evil 7. You're in an old house, and you're, you're walking through all these halls. There are ghosts and different things that happen to you. It, what it ended up being is PT was playable teaser for Silent Hills uh-huh. that uh, Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro were working on together. Then they uh, Konami canceled it. I think that's when... 
uh, Kojima just split with Konami, Konami at that point. Props on nailing those Japanese yeah. names, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now it's sort of been resurrected as a different project that's not connected to Silent Hill in any way. And it's Death Stranding. And Norman Reedus. Norman from, Reedus is the... You saw the trailer for me, 3. I did. Norman Reedus naked on a beach or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's that one. Okay. Yeah. He was at the end of the PT where they revealed that this game you've been playing all these hours was actually a teaser to the new Silent Hills game. Ah. And Norman Reedus showed up at the very end of it. I knew next to nothing about all of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's how you market. What's interesting is once the project was canceled, Konami tried to remove every shred of evidence that it ever existed. It got removed from the PlayStation Store. You can't download it anymore, but if you still had it, which I do, you can keep it. But it's not available anymore. Konami wants to pretend it never happened. Because they parted ways with uh, Metal Gear Solid Five was Kojima's last yeah. game. They, I, Essentially, I heard they fired him. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They got rid of him, in which maybe history will tell a different story, but God, what a shitty decision. That'd mm. be like the Chicago Bulls in the 90s getting rid of Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, you know what, fuck you, man. It, if the full game was Scotty anything can handle like it. that teaser, it would have been amazing. It would have been absolutely amazing. And the Silent Hill property is one that's sitting, yeah. rotting mm. on the vine. When's the last Silent Hill game? Oh, God. Homecoming? Yeah. Which was a 360 title that maybe came out six, seven years ago? Yeah. Maybe longer than that. Yeah, I don't know. Resident Evil shouldn't have the uh, the market. Yeah. There needs to be more. And there has been some really great survival horror games. Outlast was phenomenal. Right, right. Alien Isolation was... Oh. That's what I want to play be, on fucking oh, VR, oh. dude. <laughs> That would be that amazing. That game scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Can you imagine walking through the oh, Nostromo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that oh. would be incredible. Well, you're rocking the Friday the 13th t-shirt. Isn't there a new title that just dropped? End of Q1. So we're thinking end of March or first thing, uh, first of April. I don't think it's VR. I don't think it is VR, but I want to say that people are already playing this, so there must be a, a pretty big beta offering for this. They did the alpha over Christmas. Uh, they did a beta last week. They're still adding shit because they're still getting more money from Kickstarter. Their plan is to add to the game throughout them doing it, and they've already added more skins, uh, different characters from the movies. They've rendered sets from the first three movies. Like, you get the Lodge from part two. Uh -huh. I'm hoping you get to kick the kid in the wheelchair down the fucking stairs. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, of course I, you wish that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Friday the 13th I fan. I know you in are. In fact, I, uh, it's, it's the game I'm most excited about this year in all the things coming out. And they're doing a new movie, too, actually, which will probably... I'm going to make a prediction right now. October the 13th. Yeah. I think we see a new Jason movie this year because that is Friday the 13th. And if I was marketing their It movie, is a Friday in October? Yes. Oh, There's perfect. two Friday the 13th in 2017. We already had one of them. Right. The next one is in October. They're filming the movie in Atlanta right now. Don't know why they... Why wouldn't you pick that date to launch your film? We will get to see the game, though, very soon. I have tried to stay away from a lot of the video mm. and things out there. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to play it. Uh, multiplayer alone... Six campers versus Jason. I mean, that's what I want for Warcraft. I want my old Warcraft buddies back as my camping buddies so we can take down Jason. I cannot imagine a better gaming experience this year. Now, if they can do something like that in VR, yeah. even better. Yeah. I want to play Jason. Oh, I do too. I want to do both. I want to be able to fight him, but I also want to, you know, have you seen some of the kill videos? I have. Jesus. It's going to, it's an 80s movie come to life and that is perfect and maybe the younger generation it's it might be lost in them in fact i talked to one of your boys about it they're like that about everything but 
Zach and Brad, both are, in their 20s, are, are fucking psyched. That's the game that they want to play next. And I think that's who I had heard most about this from, because I think they played the beta on Steam. They had it on PC. They didn't do a console beta, which is why I haven't played it yet. That and makes they sense. did it over Christmas week when I was out of town. So I was reading all the updates and stuff, but... They've stayed true to the series. Uh, they're taking a lot of the things and the characters from the movies. I'm hoping it doesn't suck. I mean, we've never had a good Friday the 13th game. Granted, we've only had one on the NES, but I'm hoping it's going to be great. There's only been one Friday the 13th game ever? I'm pretty sure. Unless there's PC titles I don't know about. The one that's represented in 8-bit on your tee? On my t-shirt. <laughs> Do we know what time frame? Is it an origin story, or is it uh, Jason established I'm pretty sure it's established okay. Jason, but there's different Jason skins. Mm. Like you can play the um, Jason Takes Manhattan skin. You can play the Part 6 skin. You can play the Part 3. Can you play Mrs. Voorhees? That I don't know. Um, I know she is in the movie, though, because she's been cast. Uh, but yeah, they have the different the different styles of Jasons, which I think is cool. They've got Baghead Jason from Part 2. Right, yeah. I cannot fucking wait. To me, Until Dawn hit on a bunch of those 80s slasher movies. No, oh, it did. Yeah. I and, loved Until Dawn. Yeah. It's the only game on PlayStation 4 I've platinumed. Every trophy. Because wow. I played through it three separate times oh, to get wow. everything. Because I asked Doug. I mean, that is that is my genre. I like the campy, shitty horror flicks. I, I, I love that shit. I saw you have Friday the 13th Part 3 on the rack, too. So I, I was going to ask you, is that, your, is that your favorite of the series? My favorite of the series actually is, is still the first one. I, I really like the first one. I... I think it was taking itself a lot more seriously than it started to do after part two and part three in 3d which i actually saw in 3d in the movie theater i'm so jealous of you right now was just one of the best experiences of my life you know i love when 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 jason squeezes the guy's head and his eyes fly out into the audience <laughs> it was so cool and you, you i'm sure you didn't notice it in the theater but you can totally see the string oh and, yeah and everything yeah, yeah, even yeah. now when yeah, i watch it yeah. it's uh, a lot of the shots in part three um, and I've watched the documentary about it too. We're designed just for the 3D. Oh, like, absolutely. Well, yeah, hey, yeah. when you're saying this line, launch a yo yo towards the screen. Yeah. Like, and it would take them hours. They yeah. said they fucking hated the cameras. Yeah. The actors were like, oh my God, I delivered the line perfectly the first 97 times, but the yo yo didn't fucking look right going into the screen. <laughs> so I had to do it again. A lot of that movie, uh, the shots and things like that. I mean, that's the movie where he gets the mask. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love three's my second favorite. Yeah. Six is my favorite. Um, I made Doug watch six uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think we got maybe 30 minutes into it before we passed out. It was a long night. Yeah. Beer fest. Yeah, I saw that uh, very first Friday the 13th movie at a drive-in movie theater. That, wow. I worked at that drive-in movie theater. When I was in high school, I worked in a drive-in movie theater. What's a drive-in movie theater? You're going to have to explain that for the younger for, for, for the, members for the millennials. of the audience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it, from what I understand, it was a trend that took off in the 1940s when people finally started to you know, be able to afford their own cars. You would get a ginormous plot of land that would hold 500 cars, 500 parking spaces. There would be uh, a much larger screen than you'd ever see in an indoor, even an IMAX theater. There was a concession stand that actually made, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers and fries and all that sort of stuff. And people would come out there and just put a keg of beer in the back of their flatbed truck and sit out and eat and drink and scream at the screen. And it was, it was a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. Yeah, And I worked uh, at this driving movie theater in North Carolina. And we were open year round, so it would be snowing and we'd still be open and showing a movie. 
Does it snow in North, North Carolina? Carolina? Yeah, it yeah. does. North yeah. Carolina has kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. You've got a really nice beach and coast, but you also have the mountains you can get to. North Carolina is beautiful. Yeah. Actually, uh, from a climate standpoint, you know, Denver and uh, part of North Carolina I grew up are very similar. I always assumed it was just humid as fuck, just like the rest of the It East is humid. Coast. It is much more humid. It's still the South. So a lot of the winter weather turns into sleet and freezing rain instead of snow, which is not fun. Is there a drive-in in Colorado? I think the last one that we had here was in Cinderella City. It's in Denver, um, and I don't think even that exists anymore. I think it's gone. Just, just a few years ago, though. Oh, I guess weather here, though. You can have one in Atlanta probably a lot easier oh, yeah. than here. I saw plenty of movies in, in drive-ins, and I don't know that I will lament the loss of them. Much like I don't think I'll lament the loss of the theater when it finally goes the same way of extinction because I think what we have in our homes now and I think what I saw in your house today proves it that this is where the entertainment experience of the future is going to be. I like your movie theater. We can walk in two minutes before the movie starts. Reserve seating, yeah. Yeah, the food's decent. The, uh, The seats are awesome. There's nothing like seeing an event movie opening weekend with like-minded people. Completely agree with you. If I could do it in an environment in my house where we saw stuff on launch day and mm. both you guys were sitting next to me, that's the same experience to me as sitting in a theater. So if a streaming service came out on launch day for a movie and said, for 30 bucks, you can watch this in your house. Yeah, and we could all throw on headsets like the that VR headset and watch the full immersive experience, but still be able to interact with each other. And you should you should see there are a couple of apps. Hulu is one of them. You can put Hulu app on the PlayStation in VR mode, and it shows you in a giant movie theater or a living room or a bunch of different environments. And then the screen is just you know in front of you, but you actually have the seats, the red velvet seats, you know, and you're in this giant movie theater by yourself, but you're able to see a movie on a, on a 40 foot screen. And enjoy it in perfect clarity yeah. and perfect sound. Yeah. And your fucking feet aren't sticking to the floor. Right. And there's not some bastard fucking kid running his fucking mouth the whole time next to you. That sounds like gold to me. You just need to not go to the movies with me. And then <laughs> <laughs> he picked up that I was talking about him. <laughs> I'm with you there. I can't stand when like when I go to an R-rated movie and somebody has a baby. I don't know what oh, it is. They're, oh. I have nothing against the baby or the mother, and I, I wish them well in life. Invariably. It, and what are the ki- kinds of movies that, that we enjoy the most? It's the comic book genre movies, mm-hmm. and everyone wants to take their fucking kid to the right. comic book movies. There was even people that took their kids to the fucking Deadpool that were, that yeah, were sitting yeah, next to me. Yeah. And I tried to warn the guy, and, well, he learned quickly enough. <laughs> they left, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they left, right? <laughs> when I saw Kill Bill... This guy had like his three-year-old. And at, at a point, you know, me and Scott were just like, go home, dude. Your kid doesn't need to see Kill Bill. And plus, we paid money to enjoy right. an R-rated fucking kung fu flick. Like, get out of here. Yeah, My house has better food, better company, better ambiance, mm. and I don't have to fucking deal with people and shit that I hate. So the sooner that that can happen, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I know I'm probably in the minority there because there is still something cool about seeing something on a big screen. But at the point that my brain can't tell the difference between where I'm sitting and I'm still getting the same experience, I do not care where mm-hmm. I'm sitting anymore. Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm just fucking paying for overpriced food and a less than pleasant experience. It's the sound system for me. The screen at the theater is great, but for me, it's the sound. The sound in a movie Dol- theater Dolby is Atmos is what's got me the past year or so. I mean, uh, Northfield has it, and they have it also at Continental, uh, where they've got all those ceiling speakers right it really throws you into the middle of it much more so than just imax 
I would rather see a movie in Dolby Atmos than an IMAX. And now 4D is, I'm sure we're going to see one they're in Denver very soon. Yeah, California has them. I think New York has them. Will it drown out the sound of a crying child? Uh, I wonder if you could turn the crying child's seat on high and just have it vibrate in his... <laughs> till it <laughs> pukes everywhere and the parent has to leave, you know? It, uh... Nevershakeababy.com unless it's in a movie theater. <laughs> I'm curious. I have. Have you guys seen a 4D? Film? I have not. I, I mean, have not the closest thing I've seen at Universal Studios, uh, they you know, like the Shrek 4D, where they have fog and smoke effects, and the seats move and do things to you. I'm sure it's very similar to that. That's what I've heard. I heard it's. Uh, I heard it's cool though, and they even incorporate smell. Yeah. Which that to me, that's the sense that's uh, that's missing. Also from VR, I mean, the candle you right. mentioned earlier. Right. I was like, okay, yeah, if you could smell too. Oh my god, man, smell. I think. Uh, I've read, and I think my dad, uh, Props Doc G, has told me that smell, as far as memory is concerned, is mm. the sense that triggers memory more than anything. Absolutely. But is that essential to good storytelling, smell? Oh, my God. The chase in Civil War on the highway, if you could smell the rubber the tires, dude, oh. that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Smell is just different to everyone, though, and I think it is because it's linked to, to memory. memory so strongly, though. I don't think you'd have any control over the experience. Uh, because burning rubber may be really fucking traumatic to to some viewers sure. and uh, downright unbearable to others. Hmm. I mean, just wait till we get like the equivalent of a animal house and virtual farts. And <laughs> it's gonna well, happen. Guys. I don't know if you guys know much about this because this is before my time too. But uh, pink flamingos, John Waters. Oh yeah, smell of vision. The little John scratch Waters. We could do a whole episode on John Waters. If you're familiar with this catalog, we might have to. <laughs> so you know who John Waters is, but you don't know who Roger Corman is. These well, things are shocking to me. I have gay friends. That's true. Yeah. John Ch- Waters of is... Doug. He is the... Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to re- reuse that at some point. I will. He's the, the goddess of the, the gay community. Mm. He's a good director, too. Yeah. I'm not going to agree to that. <laughs> it, it's a certain schlocky kind of movie, and if you're into that, it's really, really good. And I am. Well, I, okay, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. He has the uh, esteem and love of every person that's ever worked with him, so he must be pretty good at, at what he does. He seems like a phenomenal person in interviews. Yeah. I've seen a lot of them. Right. And he just seems like a very down-to-earth, very nice person. And a little disturbing very disturbing, but he he owns it, and uh, yeah, that's but in true. a good way. That like not I, he doesn't disturb me in a in a bad way. He's 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 good, different, not bad, different. Actually, I really like that description. He he is good, different because he's very. He's different. not to me. David Lynch is bad, different. It, that he's bad. You different? don't like a David Lynch because no, I think they. Push, I know I'm in the minority. Uh, Twin Peaks is my jam. Uh, that I can't wait for the new. Uh, to be fair, I've never seen. You Twin must Peaks. watch Twin Peaks. It's just, uh, I've tried to watch a lot of David Lynch movies, and an ex-girlfriend of mine was the biggest David Lynch fan in the world. And, what was it? Uh, Wild at Heart. Yeah. She heaped so much praise on that. And when we watched it, I was like, you are Wild at Heart, and I am Mallrats. Like, I, <laughs> you, you like this, and like you really want to think about it and shit like that. And I want to see Brody stink palm and something. Right, like, right. There's, there's a, a huge divide How there. How would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? <laughs> 
Do you think that's going to see the light of day? You've heard about the series, I right? have, and he's still trying to get funding from what I understand. He backs out on fucking everything. I love him to death, yeah. and I can tell by some things around the uh, the apartment here that you're a fan oh, as sure, well. sure, In fact, the first thing I did when I walked in here before I even said hello, I was like, oh, Rack. Yeah. <laughs> I started scanning the movies, because that's how you learn about it. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first thing that stuck out was Watchmen, of course. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're in a good place here. <laughs> but he backs out on everything, and his, did you make it through Yoga Hosers? I made it through Yoga Hosers. Good it, for you. <laughs> uh, I, I I made it through Tusk. Tusk, I think. I saw Tusk the, in the theater. I did too. Okay. I did not see Yoga Hosers in the theater because I saw Tusk in the theater. But <laughs> I saw Tusk in a theater, and I I will say I, I went back and rewatched Tusk when it was on Netflix, and I see the first half of that movie is fucking amazing. It's not bad, and then it just goes to shit. Same with Red State. Yeah, exactly. Red State was the same way when Red State started in like. He started building tension. It's like Kevin Smith made a grown-up fucking movie right. here. Wow! Like you know, I I see his movies for dick and fart jokes. I don't see them for this. And then Red State falls to shit yeah. too. I don't hate them as much as I hate a lot of other movies. And there are good points. And even Zack and Mary disappointed me. I loved Zack and Mary. It disappointed. And me. I know a lot of people didn't, yeah. but I loved it. That's his last good movie, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Oh, God, the part where he's like, uh, what's your name? And Jason Muse says, Lester the Molester Cocking Stuff. And he's like, your porn name. And he's like, oh, Nick we, Jones. Yeah. <laughs> we got a porn name? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't... It, it, jokes like that are so simple and so easy to me, yeah. but they make me laugh and, so and hard. I, let me... I, I don't think it's up to his previous standards of work, but I still enjoyed it, but I was disappointed by it because I thought it could be so much more. Have you seen the deleted scenes on the DVD? Mm-hmm. I think editing a lot of choices were made that could have been made differently that i think would have made that a perfect movie really wonder did. twin powers zach Devane. yeah 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 when they i saw that joke on the cutting room floor i was like really that's a joke i would like even the extended opening where his uh, car is, door is frozen shut and he's trying to open it that really seemed to add a lot to that character to me and it was just taken out it were shortened to the point where it wasn't even there anymore that's one of the few kevin smith films too that he did not do director's commentary on right you're not allowed to do that. I, I do that to you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm used to it. But, I mean, his podcast I still enjoy. I, and and he's he's a great writer. I, I just think uh, he says he's making movies for himself, that movies he wants to see. And that's great. That's fine. Maybe they're not mine. I'm sorry that Yoga Hosers is what he wanted to see. <laughs> um, he explains he made it for his kid, with his kid, for kids that age. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to slam a kid. Sure. She's not a great oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. actress. No, no. And but she's never been in anything. Maybe she could be one day, but uh, right, not right now. She's yeah. a better actress than her mom is, though. Well, well. <laughs> um, it, you know what? I can't blame him one bit. And I'm with you. I love the podcast. And I think the podcasts have gotten better yeah. with Bernardin. Oh, yeah. Mark Bernardin's oh, yeah. a smart motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And I think he's a perfect foil for Kevin. Right. I wish he would go back to more of the Fat Man on Batman when he would interview someone involved with Batman right. every week. They basically did the animated series, just a bunch of commentaries for a bunch of episodes for the animated series. That was kind of interesting. I haven't seen those yet. Oh, you should check those out, yeah. Because uh, he's first... doing shorter casts now, too. Yeah. It's like Kevin's favorite movies of 2016, right. 35 minutes. I'm like, Kevin Smith, 35 minutes? <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, no, Doug. Since you're giving me the rap signal over there, I know what that means. Go into whatever you want to finish with today. I did want to thank Perfect Dave. Pint Phil for having us over to his place today to check out the, the thanks PS4. Thanks for being on the cast. Yeah, it was a blast. I don't think my, my wife's going to be too grateful, so you might want to dodge her for a little <laughs> while <laughs> for obvious reasons. But, uh, but I, I think she might get some enjoyment out of that as well. I really liked having you here. We hope to have you back again really soon. 
We love all kinds of feedback and questions here at Project Challenge, so please find our Facebook and email information at projectchallenge.com. Follow us on Twitter at OG Challenge, and if you're feeling particularly generous, please drop us a review or rating on the iTunes Store or Play Store. Huge thanks to all the listeners, and until next time, stay challenged.